We could start doing the like uh, hello internet thing where we like we start recording as soon as we get onto Skype and then have a like a normal conversation and then take a phrase just a offhand phrase and put it before we start talking. Hey Zach. Hey Stephen. We're we're not available this week in some way temporally tied down we are not that either <laughs> uh, we're recording this ahead of time because for some reason uh zach and i can't be at the microphones this week this fortnight yeah it's a it's a week-long period over which we do the show pre-production right yeah and then the week after that is post-production and then we re- then we have like a three-day resting period and then we recycle to the pre-production of the next show. That's not at all how I operate. How do you operate? Oh, well, th- this is... We might have to cut this because it is definitely the way that I'm running things in Sweden and not... <laughs> okay. And might not be when I get back to Milwaukee, but I'm running my weeks Wednesday to Wednesday. So I have one Wednesday to Wednesday chunk that is pre-production and show notes until it's uploaded. And then one Wednesday to Wednesday chunk that I have free to do the vlogs or do this secondary. You're like, oh, Zach, you're like doing the CGP Grey thing where you're just going on your own time schedule and no one else is on that. Well, no, because I still do weekends. It's just my weekly reviews are on Wednesday. So the weekly goals that I set are Wednesday to Wednesday. Uh, that would confuse me too much because Mondays are so much like my Wednesdays that the start of the week and the middle of the week are already pretty indistinguishable for me. Well, then it's good. <laughs> then you wake up on a Wednesday, you're like, oh my God, it's Monday. And then you realize you only have one day left. No, because I ha- <laughs> I'm in a high stress environment. So I have many days left. My, my weekends are not breaks. Of class. One day left of class. But not of homework or essays or projects, Zach. I don't. Do you know how school works? Maybe. As per usual, with our our out of time episodes, we have a basically one thing we're gonna do. Not necessarily a topic, but it's one thing we're gonna do, and it is not the usual kind of thing we do. This time, it is. I still don't know what Zach's doing, but I have a... Oh, no, it's the same thing. I just have... <laughs> you just have different words? Go ahead. Finish Finish ex- explaining. Okay, well, I have a random word generator, the same one, actually, that I use in the random podcast finder, which is hopefully on the App Store by now. <laughs> um, so, because of that, to maximize the probability of finding a podcast... There's a 22% chance that you're going to get an adjective, a 23% chance you're going to get a verb, and a 55% chance you're going to get a noun. And there's no chance of getting two of them together? No, it's just one one word. And okay. we're going to take these words and we're going to try to define them or explain them to, we, we called it an alien, but someone who has not experienced human culture in any way. Are we going to say they haven't seen the earth either? Mm. Like, do we need to start with how basic facets of the planet work? I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So should we do like a practice round? Sure. All right. So I'm going to hit this word generator and Zach's going to have to define to try to do it. 
The first word is interpolation. <laughs> Darn it. Would um, you like to... This actually... No, because I, I feel like interpolation, the way that I'm thinking of it at least, is very mathematical. You don't really need to have an understanding of a lot of other aspects of life on Earth if you understand the basic fundamentals of math, which if we're able to communicate that with them, I'm thinking they do. Okay. So is that a fair assumption to make? That... That they have, like, algebra. Well, as we discussed on the podcast before, I don't know how long ago this was at this point, but mm. math is mostly just a thing we made up, and that just happens to describe the laws of nature sometimes. Right. Okay. Can we assume they have numbers? Yes. And An infinite continuum of numbers? Yes. Because I think that is what makes sense. What's... We, you can start off by saying something like, mm, shoot, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so you know how there's an infinite continuum of numbers. Yeah, and numbers are these funny things we use to make logical uh, leaps. Or not leaps, but like, God, what do we use numbers for? How do you, What is a number, Zach? Oh, I, th- I would be very happy if we could just say that they have a comprehension of what a number sure. is. We'll go with that. So what's okay? We'll make some assumptions here. Okay, uh, they understand English. Good. Um, they are like standing in the same room as us, so they have a basic idea of like how three dimensional space and like gravity and like mm-hmm. those kind of things—the things that you can figure out just by being in a place that they have experienced them, maybe yeah. not understand them. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So, would you like to try interpolation? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Maybe. Give me another <laughs> second. <laughs> so let's say you have two numbers. Okay. For this example, I'm going to use three and five. So three is this many, okay. holding up three fingers. Five is this many. Okay. One, two, three, four, five numbers. <laughs> um, so in between three and five there are more values than you could comprehend. Mm, I think they can comprehend more than you. There are more values than I can comprehend. (laughs) So like at least 30 values. There you go. (laughs) I think you just have to get up to to like 100,000. And human brains just don't have a way to... Yeah, we don't have a thing that says... Handle that. I mean... Yeah, it's really hard to, uh, like, visualize what a hundred thousand, more than a hundred thousand is of anything, really. Mm -hmm. Like, you could tell me that there are billions of cells in my body, but, like, that really doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Can I say infinitely? Do they have a concept of infinity? Um, you could probably explain infinity infinity pretty well. Can I? I'm not the mathematician here. Uh, You might need to cut in and explain infinity. A con... An... Uh, a an imaginary number that is larger than the all the other numbers okay okay so the the biggest number sure it's not the biggest number but it it, we could pretend it's the biggest number for the sake of the biggest number and then it's bigger than that right yeah (laughs) um so there's that many values in between three and five but you can't know what all of those are because that's a whole lot of values right so if you want to get a pretty good figure, pretty good idea mm-hmm. for what the values are in between it, 
there are ways to select particular values from that infinite range of values that exist between three and five. Okay. I think that's as good as I'm going to be able to explain it. It's pretty good. All right, let's do one for me. So, Stephen, I want you to explain Adina Altara. Um, just a brief sentence about Adina Altara. She was alive um, in the late 1800s, <laughs> and she was an Italian illustrator, decorator, and fashion designer. Uh, that is more... What you have just told me is more than I know about Aldina Altara. That's the first okay. time I've heard of that person. So then we're going to select one aspect of Adina Altara. Okay. Fashion designer. Oh, What's no. a fashion designer, Stephen? Okay. Uh, well, so we see things uh, using light, right? That gets processed in our uh, looking holes, <laughs> which are like uh, the, the things surrounding our nose. And they blink sometimes. <laughs> so they absolutely know what a nose is, but eyes are just beyond them. <laughs> <laughs> These things, I'm pointing to my eyes. Mm, he is. I can verify this. Uh, so design is making things that make... Th is making things that look good, that we see mm -hmm. good. And what what I mean by that is triggering so just like positive really high contrast or triggering positive oh no do i have to explain emotions because like that's what designing is right it's like triggering the right emotions mm -hmm. um i think there's a good way to explain emotions which is that it's a chain of chemicals in our head that make us feel which, good mm, not always Okay, so well, they, in this they case... they make a certain response. So they make us more likely to do something or think something. More or less likely. Okay. I think is a good explanation of emotion. Okay, so let's... Trying to get that cursory thing. So let's assume they understand emotion at this point, because we've explained it, sort of. Explained it well enough that they can kind of nod and understand fashion designer. Yeah. And then understand it better when we explain emotion better later on. Yeah. And, okay, so, and the particular behavior that a, a designer is shooting for is, is uh, not shooting for, but um, is trying to invoke mm -hmm. is happy. Uh, is the ones we want to experience more. Yes. Yeah. The ones we like experiencing what is it to like something, Stephen? I understand. I'm just saying it a different way. Okay. And okay, so that's the desi the designer part of that. Okay. The fashion part of that is a little bit more tricky, and it involves some cultural stuff. Basically, humans like to cover themselves with pieces of cloth, which are basically plants that we uh, plants or animal fur that we weave and or machine into. Things that vaguely fit our body. Okay. Okay. That's a fair description of clothing. Um, I'm iffy on plants, animals, and weaving. Okay. Plants are... I, I think we're good on plants. If they're in the room with us, we can point at a plant and say, that is a plant. Versus an animal. Like, are we doing, like, comparisons? Like, what do you mean by, like, because I could point at a whole lot of things and say it's a plant, but they all look, look a lot different right. to an alien. Okay. So it's a plant is a form of life on Earth 
that is multicellular. Oh god, they have cells, right? The aliens. Yeah, yeah, we can okay. we can assume that <laughs> they're a multicellular cellular organism that has plant cells. I don't know what the definition of plant is. It's I don't want to say something just incorrect. It so the ones plants... that really don't move but grow slowly. Way, way long ago, <laughs> there were a lot of little, little organisms. Mm-hmm. And at some point, some of them became plants and some of them became animals. Right. And the plant ones are more suited to doing what they do, which is exist in a mostly singular place. Right. And they tend to rely on the sun for energy. While mm-hmm. animals tend to uh, eat, um, process other organisms for energy. Mm-hmm. Or plants. Yeah. Plants are organisms. Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So. Okay, so we've got bits of plant and bits of animal. And we we put them together. Uh, originally, clothing was to for utility. For keeping warm against the, the the cold and or warm, because humans are not well suited to extreme environments. Okay. But regardless, we wanted to go to those extreme environments. So we made clothing to help with that, because it keeps us warmer and or cooler. Okay. And okay. then we got pretty good at making clothes, so we started having some more fun with it. Fun again, evo- invoking those uh, positive emotional responses mm-hmm. by introducing dye and other things to. And uh, so, what does dye do? Dye colors do you just, the yeah. dye can color the clothes in a certain way if you want it to. So color. Oh God, color. <laughs> I, th- I think you're good. I think okay. we're good on color. Um, you can. They can say color, and you can say we'll get to that some other time. Yeah. And certain patterns and, not patterns, uh, certain arrangements of colors with other colors trigger better emotional responses, more happy emotional responses than other arrangements of colors. So we started putting those on our clothes so we could make people happier while seeing them because we are social animals. And okay. it wasn't for the benefit. The funny thing is about clothes is that it wasn't for making other people happy it was a selfish reason because if they were happy they were more likely to like us mm-hmm. um anyway that's another discussion for another time <laughs> mr alien sir and uh so putting that together and that's fashion that's the the art of not the art but the process of making clothes that invoke happier responses so a fashion designer someone who designs fashion is one who tries to create clothing that makes other people happier okay all right did i do a fair job yeah i think that's good i realized at some point that this is us deriving society from first principles all right so we're going to go on to zach's next word which is markswoman okay um we'll start at the start of markswoman which is humans, like Stephen mentioned, f- form social bonds. They see other humans around them, and they like to work with those other humans around them. But also sometimes 
those bonds that are already made, those groups of humans, see other groups of humans and decide that they don't like them <laughs> because they are maybe um, both trying to access the same resources. But can't you just share, Zach? You would think, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to explain They didn't all think of that. that. Yeah. So the groups of humans got better and better at fighting with the other humans. So that's um, causing physical harm to humans because we are easily broken. To what end are we causing harm? Uh, hopefully till death. So that's No, when... I mean, like, why do you want death? Okay, I see. Um, because then there are are fewer people trying to get the same resources. Okay. So it went from just hitting, and by, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand exactly where it grew up from, but at some point humans began using tools, and they started using tools? those tools to hurt one another. Yeah, so that's basically just anything that has a specific purpose, that's made for a specific purpose. Okay. So some things would be made with the specific purpose of hurting other humans. And sometimes that was close up. So you just hit them with a larger thing or a harder thing or a sharper thing. Um, okay. And sometimes it's from far away. So you can uh, throw something. You move it through the air. At some point you are no longer making it move but the actions you made are carrying forward like this and you throw a ball yeah yeah okay but they would be harder and intended to harm right and as that progressed uh we started using better things than our arms to throw things at other people at some point someone figured out you could use um string which is like a plant fiber really thin okay and a really curvy piece of wood so wood is it comes from a tree which is a kind of plant um, basically it's just a hard material but if you get it thin enough you can bend it a little bit okay so you can store energy um it, it, it would take some energy to throw but you could store even more energy in this thing that we called a bow ah okay i see where you're going with this and then you could release all of that energy at once at the other human you were trying to fight still for resources. How, how does the stick and string uh, move that energy to the other human? Do you have to, like, hit them with it? Okay, well, no. There's uh, usually an arrow that comes with the bow. And that's another stick <laughs> that's sharper on one end of it. And it's built for sending through the air with a bow. It's a tool. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, we move past bows and arrows and on to guns, which are um, that same idea. You have something you want to send at another human, and you have a really powerful way to throw that thing. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm sorry. And so we discovered the substance called um, gunpowder, which Stephen's moving like he is ready to correct me. I am not just here. Okay. Um, uh, I, I honestly don't entirely understand, but we know that when we make gunpowder really hot, it lets out a whole bunch of energy and we can use all of that energy to move that projectile really fast at another human. 
And there are people now um, who either for the purposes of fighting against other humans or sometimes for the purposes of sport, which is just when we do things that used to be fighting, but now we do it uh, for entertainment. So a lot of people get into an audience, um, which is just a lot of people watching a thing. (laughs) Okay, keep going. And they all get some of those happy emotions, the good feelings but from why do they get good feelings from watching people fight and try to hurt each other well so they usually aren't against each other when they're sports uh not always uh especially not the gun one okay the gun sports are not against each other um that's just at a specific target so a certain thing that the uh marks person is trying to hit do i have to explain woman too oh my god <sighs> Oh, oh Lord. Okay. Well, here we go. (laughs) Okay. So we've established that there are people who use guns for fighting still and some of them for sport. And there are some people who can use those guns really well and can, from a very far distance or a lot of times, when they're trying a lot of times, they can hit the thing they're trying to hit with the little projectile. Okay. Makes sense. And so that's a Marx person. A Marx woman is specifically a woman who can hit things very well with a projectile from a gun. It originated with a biological definition that um, there are two sexes and they perform different functions in making a new human. Okay. A f- female is one half of that. Okay. Woman often refers to female, but there are cases where that isn't true. Okay. So a Marx woman is a woman, which is definitely a human, and I'm not great at describing the rest of what that means. So putting it all together. A woman who is good at throwing things at other humans or a thing they want to specifically with some... Uh, really high energy powder for war or for sport. Okay, Markswoman, good job. Steven, what's the old mine park archaeological site? And if you can't explain that, just what's an archaeological site? All right, yeah, I'm going to go with that because I don't know exactly what that is. It's in Connecticut, if that helps at all. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, well... An archaeological site is a area of the earth that we have, as humans, designated to be significant in that it holds lots of evidence for the archaeological sciences. Now, the archaeological <laughs> sciences uh, primarily deal with things that happened before there were... Uh, written and don't want to go that way because then i'll have to explain writing um Mm. before there were well-established records okay of the events taking place can you give me like two sentences on records sure um it's a, a record is a way for us to keep track of something that happened in the past or to uh let me put that better mm-hmm a record is a thing that allows us to uh, put information in it 
to the purpose of not having to remember it and or preserving it after we are no longer able to communicate it to the next person. Okay. Is that... We're good there? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, I forgot what I was saying about archaeological sites. Uh, first, it was, it's important to archaeological sciences. Right. And then I kind of explained archaeological sciences as studying the time before... It's the time before we had those records of what happened. Mm-hmm. And that could be because humans had not existed yet. Or it could be that humans had not started writing things down yet. Or not writing things down, but um, recording in a way that we can understand. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, this in this archaeological site, the area that we've said is significant to archaeological sciences, uh, there might be... Mm, okay. I want to explain just a little bit more about what goes on in there. Okay. But I don't really know. Because, like, in my head, it's like people dig for dinosaur bones, but, like, that's probably not entirely accurate. Yeah, I think usually it's more digging for, like, fragments of clay pots or um, digging to test the soil for ash or that kind of thing. Yeah, so typically the evidence that they're looking for is buried. Uh, It's under uh, the soil, the dirt, the the ground, Mm -hmm. the thing we're, we're standing on top of. This linoleum floor? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's just under a lot more layers. Yeah. And that is because of the way that the... the, I don't know why, to be honest. I don't know why things get buried, but they get buried. Earthworms, I think. (laughs) There's these little creatures under the ground that, like, come up and take them. (laughs) Goblins. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, by some mechanism more dirt is on the ground every year but just a tiny amount right so over the course of a few thousand years say lots of dirt will be on top of the thing on top of the evidence Mm -hmm. and that means that there's typically a lot of digging that goes on but careful digging so that they don't damage any of the evidence okay and why do they do that oh yeah good question um they do that to better understand the way that things were before we had those records. The of yeah, before we had records, and that's okay. important to us because some people find it interesting. Yeah, and different humans have different interests. We're, I'm going to leave okay. it at that. Yeah. What's with all these like violent words? You just got broadswords. Okay, well, uh, I can use historical knowledge, right? Like things I've said before. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, be an easy so one. yeah, <laughs> I already mentioned about how humans want resources that other humans have, right. so they fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said that sometimes they're far away when they're fighting each other, and then they use those thrown things or they throw things with fancy tools, right? Um, But sometimes they're really close to each other, and so they want to hit each other. But instead of just hitting each other with their hand or some other part of themselves, they want to use a tool for that, too. That's a thing that humans do a lot. Like a gun. Use tools. Like a gun, but a really close gun. (laughs) Sounds reasonable to me. (laughs) Just the notion of a close gun, I'm sorry. Uh... (laughs) 
So it's different from a gun in that nothing's getting thrown. Why aren't things getting thrown? (laughs) Beats me. It's hard to throw things, I think is the main reason. It's hard to throw things and have them do a lot of damage. The Marshwoman looks makes it look easy. You're right, but there aren't many of those. <laughs> um, so they want to use tools, and sometimes those were sticks that had <laughs> rocks. Uh, <laughs> there's things in the ground and on the ground that are harder than a lot of other stuff around us. So we can't break them as easily. And that's good because then they hurt more when they hit another human. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so for a while, we were just putting a little bit of those, uh, making them very sharp, and putting a little bit of those sharp rocks on the end of a really long stick, and then just poking at them with the rock on a stick. Okay, makes sense. You got a long stick because the like your tiny human arms uh, aren't mm. uh, can't reach. Yeah, it's it's better if you have the longer stick because then you can poke them and they can't poke you. <laughs> yes, correct. This is all making sense so far. And that's called a spear. Uh, it's it's kind of adjacent to what we're talking about, which is a broadsword. So a broadsword is a different action. Instead of poking at them, it's called a slash. And that's kind of uh, more sideways. There's a more circular motion to it. Is that acceptable? For now, yeah. I might. We might come back to it. Okay. So that does slashing. So more of it has to be made out of the hard stuff. Why? Because more of it is hitting the other person. You can't be sure it's just the very end of it that's hitting the other person. If you're slashing the whole side of the weapon. Okay, makes sense. Might be hitting the other person. So you want a lot of it to be hard. And then if it's already a very hard thing, it's better at holding its shape. Mm -hmm. And so you can make it sharp and then it'll stay sharp. Okay. And... Then when it's sharp, you can do even more damage to the other human. Because human skin is not very good against sharp things. Sharp things are just smaller, so they're better at splitting apart anything, really. Human skin included. Right, and you want to do that because it hurts more if you're bleeding. Correct. Or you're better at dying. You're going to die sooner if you're bleeding. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when your skin breaks as you bleed. Okay. Okay, and I don't know if I can explain the broad part of that, just sword. That's as far up the chain as I can go. Well, I mean, you could just say it's a thick sword. Okay. I think. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's bigger and heavier, so it does more damage if you use it right when it's bigger, and sometimes it's smaller, and a broadsword is just one of the bigger ones. Okay, so why wouldn't I just poke you with my stick? With my spear, as you called it. You know, I'm not a military tactician. Why wouldn't I just shoot you with my gun? It seems a lot more convenient than slashing or poking. Because guns are still bad at... um, Aren't as good, necessarily, in every case. Okay. I think the other answer is, like, sometimes broadswords were around when guns weren't. That is also true. Like, they were not invented at that point. All right. I am satisfied with that answer. Awesome. Ooh, what's that? What's that? No. If I don't know what it is, how are the alien going to (laughs) understand?
Okay. So yeah. All right. You're you're right. Not fair. That is the, the same thing, just a different thing. Good. This works. All right, Stephen. Tell me a little bit about the 2014 Hobart International. What's Hobart? It was a tennis tournament played on outdoor hard courts. Okay, awesome. I can do that. Tell me about tennis tournaments. Oh, okay. I was going to start at 2014. Okay, that works too. <laughs> Tell me about all of the tennis tournaments in 2014. Just 2014. <laughs> okay, so uh, we started, we decided that we were going to start measuring, we were going to start keeping track of the number of years that passed, the time, number of times that the, the Earth went round the sun. Okay which it does every 365 days. A day is a time period of... the. A day is equivalent, more or less at least, to the amount of time it takes the Earth to do a full rotation. Mm. Okay, so... Why would you want to keep track of where you are turning around the sun? Rotation or revolution? Are you um, talking about years or days? Years. So the Earth is on a little tilt... It's not quite up or straight up and down relative to the sun. So that means that in certain areas of the Earth, it will be hotter or colder because they are exposed to more sunlight per day. Mm -hmm. And that changes throughout the year because that's how long it takes for the Earth to go around the sun completely. Okay. So we started keeping track of how many of those full revolutions passed. Mm Mm-hmm. And we decided that year zero was going to be this year, this one year way back in the past. So there was obviously a time before that, which we call BC or BCE, depending on who you're talking to. So Mm -hmm. basically negative years. So there are a lot more negative years than there are positive years so far. (laughs) When we say 2014, we are generally referring to the 2014th year after that year zero. Okay. It is currently 2018, which is four more than 2014. So it is four. So 2014 was four years previous to this. All right. What was the name of the tennis tournament? The Hobart International. So the Hobart International is a name of a tennis tournament. It is a specific tennis tournament. And uh, tennis is one of those sports Zach was talking about. And it actually is one of the ones that we are fighting where there's two sides to the entertainment throwing uh rocks at each other with guns uh no (laughs) not throwing rocks at each other with guns this time this is not one of the gun sports usually at least i'm not (laughs) (laughs) um so the this type of sport involves a rubber ball a rubber sphere and rubber, rubber rubber is this material that the substance really that is hard but a little bit squishy but uh but when you squish it it uh it tries to go back into its original form Mm -hmm. so if you make it into a sphere and then squish it a little bit it will try to go back to the way it was before in a sphere okay what that means is that if you if you throw it at the ground Mm -hmm. not with a gun with your arm (laughs) I mean, they do make tennis guns. They do, but we don't need to talk about that because they are a completely <laughs> different process. There's no chemicals involved. Um, so when you throw it, throw it at the ground, the do, they have a basic understanding of physics, right? Um, they can experience the things like they can experience gravity, even if they don't know why it happens. Okay. Well, 
when you because it tries because rubber tries to get back into its original shape when you compress it you're storing energy into the rubber mm-hmm. and the rubber releases that energy by getting back in, into its original shape which it, and in doing that it's pushing off of the ground that you are bouncing it on that you are throwing it at and if they give us confused looks we take a pen out of our pocket and show them the spring on it yeah like that um it does the spring thing <laughs> and it will come back up against gravity but only to so far because gravity will eventually take over mm-hmm. unless you throw it really really hard <laughs> so tennis uh has a ball and there are two people playing generally there is a, a a subset of tennis that you has four people but we're just going to talk about the the two-person tennis. Yeah, the, the the thing in question was the Hobart International Singles. So. Right. so there are a lot of nuances and rules to tennis, what you can and can't do during the game, during the sport. Mm-hmm. But the, the broad strokes are that each, uh, each opponent has a stick that has uh, strings. Uh, okay, so it's a stick with a hoop on it. Mm-hmm. And there are strings between the ends of the hoops. In the middle of the hoop, I suppose. Okay. And just like Zach was talking about with the bow and arrow, mm-hmm. when the rubber ball hits those strings, it's storing energy both in the ball and in the strings. And so when it, when the ball is th- is thrown at the... We call it a racket, the hoop stick with mm-hmm. the strings. We call it a racket. When the ball hits the racket, it will bounce in the other direction that it came from. Okay. And if the human is also swinging the racket in that slashing motion zach was talking about the ball will go faster than in where it came in mm-hmm. so there's one more thing in tennis that we have to explain before two i think two more things just in the tennis area okay that we have to explain before we can get into the rules so <laughs> there is a net which is a lot like the racket strings except much bigger and not as bouncy the net okay. is mostly to stop the momentum of the ball. Mm. It's mostly there as a part of the rules to show which side is which when you're fighting. Right. And the so if the and the net goes up to I don't remember exactly the amount of units, but it's about that tall and I'm going to point at a thing in my room. Okay. It's about that high off the ground, and it goes the entire length of the field they're playing on. Mm-hmm. And so one side is the side for one opponent, and the other side of the net is the side of the other opponent. And the goal is to get the ball behind your opponent, but do that in a way that... Oh, God. Okay, so there's a boundary line as well. That the ball is supposed to hit inside if you're playing... Oh, God, this is so hard. You can just say that follows all of the complicated rules. Fine. Bas- so it has to follow the complicated rules, but the general gist is that the, the, the opponents are trying to hit the ball at each other with their rackets, except not really at each other, but more behind the other person. Mm-hmm. They're trying to the goal is trick not- the other person. Yeah, they're not trying to hurt them. They're trying to win points which you do by following the rules but you're still trying to show you're better and that if you needed to you could hurt them because you are better sure on a like instinctual kind of way Mm -hmm. lizard brain 
Lizard? No, we're not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what does it mean that it's a tennis tournament? Okay. Really briefly. So so that is the basic mechanics of a tennis game, right? So you got your Mm -hmm. sticks and your ball. And Mm. the... The tournament aspect is that there are lots and lots of opponents, but they can't all play at once because that's not how the game works. So in a tournament, generally, two opponents will play each other, will compete in the sport, and when they when there's a winner, the loser, or when one d- wins, uh, when one has more points than the other at the end of the game, mm-hmm. they will stay in the tournament while the person who lost will not be in the tournament anymore. That way it reduces the amount of players that are competing. Okay. Okay. And if you do that repeatedly, there will eventually be only one person left. Who is the best of all of the fighters at tennis. Yes. <laughs> and they will be. Cl- they will say they are the winner of the Hobart? Yep, Hobart Ho- International. The Hobart International Tennis Tournament of 2014. And uh, they will be... Mm, That's a Spanish name that I am not capable of pronouncing. Never mind. So, Zach, your next word is inkstand. This is not fair. Okay, but um, here we're two rounds in out of probably three rounds. Where do you think I'm pulling my information from? Um, Wikipedia. How? Uh whatever random api they have yeah they just have a random page link nice but i set up a script to do it so i don't see the information because i wasn't sure if we were gonna both have to try and explain it like (laughs) tag team nice i didn't mean it to be a competition it just kind of ended up like that Mm -hmm. and we're not keeping track right (laughs) right because zach's getting easier words so (laughs) it's not fair explain fairness (laughs) or ink stand pick one i guess Inkstand. I don't even know what an inkstand is. Let's see. What happens if I Google it? Oh, all right. A stand for one or more ink bottles, typically incorporating a pen tray. Okay. I guess I'm gonna go with fairness then to make it <laughs> make it more even. Just because you know we've already got most of the concepts behind inkstand. Okay. Laid down. Um. So fairness. Even though sometimes the humans in their groups fight other groups. Sometimes those humans in the groups want to work with the other humans in their own group or maybe in another group if they decide to. But didn't they kill the other group? Um, Sometimes. There are lots of groups. Okay. So maybe they killed one group and then they're going to go work with another group. Makes sense. So there are situations where a lot of humans are pitching in. So they're all doing something. And they're all thinking they're going to get something, probably resources or um, attention, maybe. So when other (laughs) humans notice them, they might get that. Or um, I don't know. Those are the usual two resources and attention. Okay. And so there's an idea with the humans who are working together that even though sometimes one group will go and uh, hurt the other group, and it'll make sense to them that one is better than the other, then they will work within their own group, and they want all of the things to be equal. They want them all to be even. I'm going to give you equal just because they understand math. Okay. But the problem is sometimes the idea of what's equal 
isn't agreed on because it isn't talking about numbers. It's talking about how much work all of the different people are putting in and the kinds of things that they're getting out. So maybe someone puts in a little bit of work and gets some resources. And someone puts in a lot more work and they get a bunch of attention, but the same amount of resources. But they thought that they were going to get more resources for more work. And so that, to them, would be unfair. Uh, But it's not always the best to explain something by explaining it's negative. (laughs) So fairness would be that expectation... Uh, No, fairness is not an expectation. Fairness would be when multiple humans contribute the same amount, they get the same amount back. Okay. How do you quantify attention and resources sometimes? It's kind of, you know... You can't. Which leads to what? A lot of arguments, disagreements. So humans having very different ideas about if something was or was not fair. Okay, yeah, so we snuck in some culture there. Southampton Power Station, what's that? Okay, um, so Southampton is a place on Earth? No. No? It's a company. Okay, well... Railway company. It is a place on Earth, isn't it? It's gotta be. Southampton Railway Tunnel... Uh, anyway, it's yep. a... Okay, you're right. It is a place on Earth. It's a place, and a company was... Oh, God. Um, company. A group of people named their group mm-hmm. after that place. Presumably because that's where the group was started. Okay. Power station, was it? Yep. Okay. So, a while ago, humans figured out how to use... Uh, do I have to explain electrons? How much of electricity no, do I I've have to explain? No, I've been talking about energy a lot already. Okay. Uh, we found a way to uh, generate energy, or not generate it, but um, change energy into mm-hmm. this thing called electricity, which is uh, the flow of electrons, which... It's a specific way we think about energy, right? Or am I off? I don't know. I, it's I, a different thing. I think electricity is definitely the flow of electrons, but I don't know exactly how to explain what an electron is or why it flows. Because mm-hmm. like that takes magnets, and magnets are not a thing that they necessarily know about. Yeah. Mm, can, can you come up with a clever way to circumvent that then? Okay. Uh, well, I can just say power in general. Um, so humans came up with a way to push electricity through uh, metal or the specific kind of rock okay and that allows us to use that energy to to make that energy to somewhere else but use it in a different place so mm-hmm. this this light that's being generated isn't coming from the sun it's being made by this fancy thing we call electricity okay and the electricity is not made in the light though it's made somewhere else and brought to the light Mm -hmm. and that place where power where energy is made is called the power station so the southampton power station is the power station that a group of people which call themselves southampton Mm -hmm. make power okay acceptable i like it Okay, so now Zach and I are going to try to stump each other. Oh, man, I can't. I don't even know where to 
what's the weirdest okay so i'm going at it from the angle of um what is the strangest part of human society what is the most inexplicable part of human society Mm. because i think that would be the most difficult for you but you can come at it from like a philosophy standpoint if you want um i can think of a few ways i think to do that okay Okay. i think no mm. I have one that will be interesting. Whether or not it will be hard, we'll find out. Okay. Zach, the thing I'd like you to explain to me is pretzels. Okay. All right. All right. So Stephen talked about uh, clothing designers before. And those are people who make fabric. They make clothing that we look at with our eyes. Right. And we get good emotions. Please Some say. Some people. What? <laughs> I, you're not going to say it, so I have to say it. Okay. Probably, at least. Just, I really wanted you to say something like, okay, so pretzels are like clothing for your tongue and your tasting. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Um, but you are <laughs> much closer than you think. <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep going. So like there are fashion designers for clothing for you to look at with your eyes, there are some people who try to make things that get happy emotions going or make your brain react in good ways when you eat something. And so you would experience it with your tongue as opposed to (laughs) your eyes. You sound like one of those um, high-end New York restaurants. Like they're not selling you a dish, they're just selling you an experience. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess. And then they just bring out a single, like, mall pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess, do I need to explain eating? Um, I think we already kind of covered it. It was, like, pr- uh, processing of other living things for the purpose of mm-hmm. um, getting energy. Right. But the way that that was described, it sounded like you processed them while they were living. And a lot of times, humans have a lot of steps between the other living thing... And the final thing that they put in their mouth and eat. Okay. Um, And that's because a lot of times we can add more steps and we figured out some steps that we can do between the original thing and the thing we put in our mouth to make the flavors more more good. Um, Flavors? Yeah. So the flavors are different uh, uh, sensations. It's not quite right. Um, Sometimes... The nerves on our tongue will notice a specific thing that is good for us or bad for us, and it will send a little message to our brain, which is good because, for example, sugar is a thing that we eat, and it's good for us, and it's good for us in that our bodies need it, Um, but just like a lot of things, it's bad in excess. I'm not going to explain that. Um, It's something that our body needs to run. So we get little tiny bits of the happy feeling when we have sugar because the nerves on our tongue send a message up to our brain Okay, that said some sugar. And those are flavors. Um, We've got a couple different ones for different things that are different kinds of good for us or different kinds of bad for us. Okay. Oh, man, I should have had you do like like jalapeno peppers. You have to explain why we like the bad sensation. (laughs) So one of the things that we 
take grass is grass that we made into a thing <sighs> you could start with bread right so you could say okay i'm not gonna help you you're you got it oh but bread is made from grass too it's just really advanced grass yeah grass is that thing that specific kind of plant okay so i can point out the window at some grass sure if that gets tall, we usually cut it down because it doesn't look good otherwise. It gets unequal uh, in height. And we like everything to be equal in height, so we keep it cut. But if we didn't cut it, it would get taller, and then at some point, it would try to make more grass by uh, seeding. So that's a way that grass makes more grass, is it makes seeds, and then those seeds get into the ground, and then those grow new grass. Is that yeah? All right, acceptable good enough because it's not what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so someone saw that those seeds could be useful, and they made it so the seeds were bigger and bigger and bigger. And now that's a whole different thing from grass. That's wheat, and we take what's, what's different that? from grass because of evolution. <laughs> because we changed it a lot by separating out the stuff that had the characteristics we liked from the stuff that had the characteristics we didn't like. Okay. So wheat is good grass. Yeah. Good for the thing that we wanted. Okay. So now that we have wheat, um, we can take this wheat and grind it up. I really am not sure what the process is to get from <laughs> wheat to flour. <laughs> you just like grind it up, I think. Yeah. Um, so you take the wheat and you make it a lot smaller. You just crush it and crush it and crush it and crush it until it's a lot smaller. You said it was small when it was grass, though. Right. It has... So you made it bigger, then you made it smaller again. Mm -hmm. We made it bigger because then we get more per bit of plant that we grow. Okay. But then we need it smaller so we can make it into a lot of other foods. Okay. And once it's smaller, then you can use it to make different things. Um, we call this dough is uh, one common thing you make with flour, or that's the crushed wheat. Right. With a U, F-L-O-U-R. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's not a, like a plant flour, but it is a plant flour anyway. <laughs> so you take this flour, you mix it with water and some other things, um, Yeast, I think, goes in there. Mm -hmm. It does. Oh, no. Um, so we've kind of explained life to you and that at one point life was really small. Some things stayed small, but they got really good at doing what they did. Just like some bits of grass got really good at becoming wheat. Some really small organisms got really good at eating stuff of a certain kind and producing a, a byproduct with that. Okay. And we figured out how to use that, um, that little small thing. It turns sugar into gas of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so we can add that into our dough with, um, with some more sugar that they can eat. And then they can turn that into gas. So then there's more air in our dough because it tastes better and it feels better when you put it in your mouth. Okay. And then you can make fun shapes with it. I don't know. Why would you want to make fun shapes with it, Zach? 
culture i really am not sure how pretzels got to be like why we didn't just stop at sourdough bread and just like all right yeah that's good enough let's go kill some cattle all right so you're the thing you're explaining um I'm going to try something, and if you don't know what that is off the top of your head, you get something else. Okay. A Potemkin village? Nope. Okay. Uh, then you're going to get a uh, film set facade. Okay. Um, I have an idea of what that is in my head, but it might be wrong, so if you just give me a quick definition, I'll, I will explain the rest of it. How about you try your definition? Okay, so like a film set, right? And this is for you, not for the alien. Okay. Uh, a film set, and then the facade is the... It makes you think that the film set is not a film set? Right, yeah. Usually film set facades are for buildings. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> this is going to be tough. Okay. <laughs> um, so a video is a type of record. Okay. Okay. And this type of record is through the we we uh we absorb through not absorb that's not a good word to use because it means like something else mm-hmm. we uh what do we do to information we learn it sort of not really learning a video though we look at we, yeah but like I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna say absorb and hope they can figure it out okay we, but like we absorb the information of it yeah we, we don't absorb the material of it right we absorb a video's information by looking at it with our eyes and listening to it with our ears because we have cool little eardrum things that send signals to our brains when they, uh, when pressurized air hits them in a certain pattern. Mm-hmm. Compressed air, I should say, not pressurized. Yeah, that's that's good. So, and at some point in history people got bored of just making videos for the purpose of storing information and they wanted to do something similar to designing for videos okay they wanted to make it for entertainment for uh for other humans to uh have happy emotions about at least most of the time Mm -hmm. so we started calling that film instead of video because it was a different thing than documenting. Do you know why? Like, what film? That's a weird word for it. Uh, originally, not so much anymore. But originally, uh, we stored. We had the the video was um, stored on not stored. Uh, yeah, stored. Yeah, stored. Contained within this. Uh, Captured. Ca- <laughs> it was a very long. Uh, god i don't even know what film is to be honest like what is it made out of it's a it's a film i'm pretty sure plastic probably okay so plants that were alive a really long time ago Mm -hmm. and are now now not alive we can manufacture into this film and we have a device that will write a series of motion into this film that way when we look at the film again it will show us the information that we put on it the first time okay all right i think i skipped a few things but i think the general just is there i understand Uh, what a film is now so it's a way to store a video Mm -hmm. now we don't use that as much we use electricity and fancy 
fancy devices, fancy tools that will store the video better Mm -hmm. with more clarity, more lifelike, more reality-like. I'm not going to explain reality to an alien. (laughs) Um, And so now, so we call it film, right? Mm -hmm. So a film studio is a place to make the film. Okay. And for entertainment purposes, sometimes you might want to be filming something that is not in a film studio. Something that won't fit in a film studio, maybe. Mm -hmm. So you have to trick the person who is watching the film you're making into thinking Mm -hmm. that it's not a film studio when really it is. Okay. Why? Because it's more entertaining if it's not in a film studio. Okay. And it makes us feel emotions differently if it's not in a film studio. And that difference might be uh, important. Okay, I did it. Facade. Yeah, that's the trickery part. Uh, Okay, I will accept it. (laughs) Great. Uh, Okay, so that was a fun experiment. Um, Yeah. I think it could be a decent, like, podcast quiz show between two people with a moderator. Mm -hmm. Given some actual more well-defined rules i agree uh i would call it alien kindergarten (laughs) i think that someone other than you and i could have more fun with it Mm -hmm. uh it's a piece of intellectual property that i would rather lease to someone else than make myself (laughs) and so yeah um it was fun though so i hope i would like to executive produce it i think yeah that'd be fun be down for that (laughs) uh so we should we are hopefully going to be back in two weeks either with Mm -hmm. a in time or out of time episode who knows really we certainly don't nope not at all that's why we make these (laughs) (laughs) um if you like this let us know if you don't like this just keep it to yourself if you want to be a contestant in alien kindergarten season one coming uh next summer summer 20 <laughs> <laughs> then you can reach out to me on twitter i'm at the 